Welcome to the Epiphany Movement podcast. To learn more about the Epiphany Movement, visit us online at epiphanymovement.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Drake Nelson and is a continuation of the series, Pillars. Last night, I went into the house, and I had left here at like 11.30, maybe 12 o'clock, I go into the house, and so it's, it's, it's kind of late, and it's really, really cold, and I go into the house, and I look at my thermostat, and you know what this lady has it on? She got it on air cool with a fan on. And I'm like, what in the world, girl? And so I like kind of ease open the door and I like peek my head in the room and she has her box fan just going. I'm like, oh my goodness, this girl, like it's so cold. I cut all the heat on. I mean, I got it. I love sleeping in the cold. Well, <laughs> I don't want to get frostbite by, by no means. I want to tell y'all the story of the coldest I've ever been. And it reminded me of a day like today. It was snowing in Yazoo City. And me and Catherine had been dating maybe like, I don't know, maybe two months at the most, three months maybe. And we were duck hunting and it was like 17 degrees outside. It was snowing. Well, she hadn't killed a duck yet <laughs> because she's not the best shot when they're in the air. And I love you. Happy Valentine's Day, Cat. So we were hunting somewhere where they were going to fly in and just like just swim to us. And I'm thinking, hey, we got you now. Y'all are on the water. Y'all are literally ducks on the water. Y'all are dead, okay? And so they kind of swim up. And we're hunting an auxiliary channel, and it has some motion to it. Now, the reason we hunted the auxiliary channel with motion was because everywhere else was frozen. Every other lake and pond and slew that we was going to hunt was frozen. So now we're hunting out here, and this is the only place the ducks have the land. And so she's sitting there, and she's ready. And about that time, a little green head just swims right up, and she pops it. She kills it. And I didn't think that as soon as she shot, I should go out and run and grab the duck. I'm thinking like, "Woo, you killed the duck. Woo, we're high-fiving. We're going crazy. And then I look out there, and our duck has drifted in the middle of the auxiliary channel, which is probably as wide as this sanctuary. And now the duck is just hauling. And she looks at me like, you got one chance, buddy, if you want this thing to work out. You're going to go get my duck. <laughs> and I said, okay, uh, yes, ma'am. So I grabbed her gun, and now I go running. And I run four or 500 yards, and I get to where I can finally see the duck. And it's just hauling. It's just coming. And I'm thinking, all right, all right, all right. And then it just goes past me. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. So I run again. I run again. And I finally realize that I'm going to have to get significantly in front of this duck and then watch it kind of come and then jump out and grab it and then come back. And so that's what I do. I run. No kidding. I'm dead serious about this. Like, you're smiling, Miss Leander, like, oh, um, I'm the guest scripture reader, so I can smile if I want to. This is a true story. I run 1.2 miles down this auxiliary channel. The whole way, I'm just... It's like stripping my waders and like 
Okay, so you have waders when you go duck hunting, and if the water is deep and it gets over your waders, it'll fill your waders up, and then you can sink and die. So, I mean, I didn't want to do that. So I'm just like just doing this, and I'm taking this off and everything, and I finally get to where I think I have a good chance now. I have on long johns and no shirt. And I'm thinking, all right, this is my chance to go for it. And so I see it coming, and I just, I'm burning up at this point because I've been running, and now I just dive in. You're laughing, Mr. Will. You're laughing at me. Mr. David, you're shaking your Y'all know how stupid this was? I mean, this was dumb. And so the first, I mean, shock, it was terrible. I get 10 feet out there in the auxiliary channel, and now I'm like, <laughs> I don't take my breath away. I was so cold. And then I realized the moment that it all came to pass, I said, there's no way I'm getting this duck. <laughs> there's no, I mean, there's no way. I was 15 feet out there, and the duck was probably another 20 or 30 feet out there. And so now I made my decision to turn around. And that was the scariest I've ever been because I did not know if my body was about to just shut down, if I was about to start cramping up. I was like, <laughs> I finally get there. And you know when your feet are so cold that if you step on an acorn, it feels like a knife is just being stabbed in your foot. Ah, it was so painful. And I just like eased my boots on. And now what am I thinking? I'm not thinking about cat's duck anymore, which she's saying, that was the problem, right? You should have been thinking about my duck. That was the whole problem. I, I'm not thinking about anything except warmth. And I'm like, all right, whatever. We got, I got to go. I'm about to die. And I really was scared for my life. I throw the gun on my back, and I just start running. I'm grabbing clothes. I left clothes out there. I'm grabbing clothes as I'm running. I grab my waders, and I finally get there. And I don't even just stop it. God, cat. I'm like, cat, I'm going to the car. And so I get all the way back to cat, 1.3 miles down and now I gotta go about another 700 yards to my car I finally get to my car and what's the very first thing that I do heat but then it's like super cold when it finally got hot I was like okay I think I can kind of feel my hands and my toes and Kat's still like she's not even close to being here so I wait on her I finally get warm and in that moment in that moment Kat's duck wasn't the most important thing my clothes scattered. My waders weren't the most important thing. Decoys wasn't the most important thing. My safety really wasn't even the most. The most important thing in that moment for me was what? It was heat, warmth. Yes, that was my irreducible minimum. That was the most important thing that, that I could have in that moment. Here's my point, is that for a Christian, the most important thing for us, when it's all boiled down, when it's, shit, when it's sifted down, what is left, the irreducible minimum, especially on this Valentine's Day, is love. It is love. It is the core about which everything else that we do. 1 Corinthians 13, it says it like this. If I could speak all the languages of men and of angels, but yet I did not love, I would be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had such wisdom that I knew all of God's secret plans, but yet I, even if I had the faith to say to a mountain, jump, and it jumped, or move, and it moved, but yet I did not love, I would have 
have nothing. If I gave everything that Drake Nelson had to the poor or to the needy, and I even gave my body to the stake as a martyr, I could boast. I could boast about it. But if I die, if I did not love, I would have nothing because love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy nor boast nor keep account of times it has been wrong. And so on and so on. This is love and it is our irreducible minimum as Christians. It's what we have to have. And hear, hear me, hear me, hear me. If we do not love, we will not be missional. If we do not love, we will not be missional. You can be missional without loving, but you cannot love without being missional. So my question for you this morning is, will we be missional? I thought it was an amazing question I was reading in the Drew text this morning. Mr. John, I think, uh, uh, it may have been Mr. R, I'm not sure. Somebody texts in the group text, do you know anyone in the community or around that we could do something for because of the weather that's coming in? Do you know anybody that we can help? Missional, missional mindset. My question is, will we be missional? Let's turn really quick this morning to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to be in verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 8. Let me just remind you all this morning, or just say, if you want to be cool and you want to be like me, all right? If you want to be cool and like me, I am both cool and, and, and very cool. <laughs> if you want to be cool and be like me, and you want a Bible like this, okay? Here we go. It's the NLT Bible. It's leather. It's, it's, I love this Bible. If you want a Bible like this, there are some in the back, and we got them for you. If you need a Bible... They're, they're in the back, all right? Get one. It's the same translation that I have. If you need it, they're in the back. Also, also, I should say if you're a girl and you want a pink Bible, there are pink ones too. I know some of the little kids are like, what if I want a pink Bible? You know, okay, well, if you want a pink Bible, there are some that are pink in the back too. And there are also journals. So if you're like, well, I want to be like you, Drake, because you're so cool. And uh, I, I, I don't only want the Bible like you, I want a journal like that too. There are journals in the back, but there are also pink ones for all you little kids out there who want a pink one. Or anybody who wants pink. They're blue, um, leather, all kind of colors. But I've tried to give everyone a different design so if you want a journal to be able to journal your prayers if you want to take notes in here however you want to use it we had those for everybody who wants one okay so they're in the back in the back right get one when you leave and here we go second kings chapter 4 verse 8 <clears throat> the title reads like this it says <clears throat> elisha and the woman from shunem now you if you're a, a very good church person, Mr. Sammy, you'll know this story is called what? Elisha and the Shunammite woman. All, all of us spiritual people will know Elisha and the Shunammite. Now, if you don't know that this woman is called the Shunammite woman, guess what? Hey, this is for you. If you don't know who Elisha is, if you don't know who the Shunammite woman is, hey, this church is for you. We have church for the people who don't know who Elisha is, who don't know who the Shunammite woman is. So don't feel like, like we are here for you. So verse 8, it says this. It says, One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem, and a wealthy woman lived there. And she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed 
That way, he would stop there for something to eat. I'm going to read it one more time. Verse 8. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her house, her home, for a meal. After that way, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. And here's what I learned. Here's what I learned from that verse. is that God uses people. God uses people. He does, doesn't he? God uses people. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. The other day, um, it was probably like, what, four or five weeks ago, babe, now, maybe maybe six, I lose track of time. It was probably five weeks ago, I'd say. And I hadn't got my my bills all lined up the way that I should because normally if you know like you want bills not every single bill that you have to come out in the same day of the same week because that would not be good and so you know I got my check and like we had this money and then every single bill I hadn't gotten them all like lined up right and so like one week boom everyone comes out and so we get back from the grocery and I look at my account and um you know like I had like car insurance we had, um, uh, like AT&T, um, all, just all those. So they all came out. And so now we're like, oh, my goodness. I look at my bank account, and guess how much I had in my bank account? <laughs> I got one, two, three, four. Y'all know that song. Okay, I got $10 in my bank <laughs> account. And so I look at Cal's like, hey, I'm broke this week, so you take five. That's a little Caesar's pizza for you. <laughs> and I'll take five. That's a little Caesar's pizza for me. We try to do our finances like that at the end of everything we get. We try to break it up. So she has to spend money. I has to spend money, gas, food, whatever, whatever. Um, I mean, y'all don't think she just looks like that for no – I mean, you know, I, I – I, I, I give I give her the guap so she can you know get the hair get her nails all right so anyways I, we get home I'm like okay we got five dollars we got to spend it wisely we got to spend it wisely and I walk we walk in we walk in and on my table on my table in the living room is sitting this card it's in this card and she's out there and I look at the card and this all it says it says thank you for all that y'all do here is a small blessing for you too. I said, okay. And I opened the card and looked what was in it. And it was $200 sitting in there. And somebody had just left that, no name, no nothing, left it on my table. I walked outside and I looked. I said, Cat, look. Look what somebody did for us. God uses people. Her exact words was, wow, God is really watching over. I said, yes, he is. But he does it. He does it through people. God uses people. I know an old uh, country preacher, he, I was listening to him one time, and he said, he gave this story, it's so funny. He said, there once was this really good Christian woman, and right next to her lived this atheist. And so the really Christian woman would always pray, and she would get up, and she would go get her mail, and the atheist would be getting the mail at the same time, and she would say, hey, guess what? I prayed for this, and God answered it. You'll never believe it. God answered it. And the atheist was just kind of frustrated. He was like, oh, I don't believe that God answered those prayers whatever and so one day she said he, he he said to himself you know what i'm about to see if this thing is legit or not and so what he does is he listens to her prayer one night and says ah oh, you know now she's praying she says god i really need some groceries i really need some groceries will you please send me some groceries and so he the atheist says ah oh, i got a good idea i'm about to go down to ramey's grocery i don't know about ramey's grocery do y'all i'm about to go down to ramey's grocery and pick up some grocery bags and just put 
put it right there on her carport. And so that's what he did. And she, he, he put them right there in front of her front door. And she left. And that next morning, she's walking out with her, going to get her mail. And he's walking out at the same time. And... She says, you'll never guess what happened. I was praying to God from groceries, and guess what he did? He answered my prayer, and there were some groceries at my door this morning. And he says, aha, it wasn't God. It was me that put those groceries there. I told you God didn't answer your prayers. And this country preacher telling this story kind of laughs back, and he leans back, he's like, ha, ha, ha. And that woman told that man, he said, well, God answered my prayer and made the devil pay for it. Oh, man. That's awful. That's awful. God uses people, right? And I know that y'all ain't wanting to say amen to the preacher today, and that's fine. But, like, how many of you know that God brought somebody into your life who gave you wisdom? You might not have wanted the wisdom, but God brought somebody there to give you some wisdom. Or God brought somebody into your life to give you counsel. Or God brought somebody into your life to give you a word or a calling or a rebuking or forgiveness or grace. God brought somebody in your life to give you a plan or guidance. God brought somebody into your life that blessed you greatly either financially or spiritually God brought somebody into your life at the very right time to give you the exact word that you needed God brought somebody in your life to give you a hug God brought somebody in your life to give you a word no matter what it is God will bring somebody into your life that he will use because why God uses people God uses people but not only does God use people God uses stuff. Now, Mr. Johns, you're thinking, Trey, we pay you this money, and you're going to use a word like stuff? Can't you come up with a better word than stuff? I mean, what kind of word is stuff? Like God, but, but God uses stuff. Let's read. In verse 9, it says this. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, with a table, with a chair, and a lamp so that he can read his new Bible and his BJBC Blackjack Baptist Church (laughs) BJBC little journal or notebook with a lamp. It doesn't really say that. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. God uses stuff. God uses stuff. Hey, Kat, can you bring me that um that whiteboard right there? I have a pen somewhere. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Thank you so much. Give it up for Kat, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day, babe, by the way. All right. It's like I've told her before this, you know, tell publicly and pro- Okay, here we go. All right. God uses stuff. This is what we got. There was this guy by the name of Maslow. He came out with something a little while ago. It was actually like hundreds of years ago. But he came out with something called the Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, also called Maslow's Triangle. Um, little kids, here we go. Walt, this is a triangle. Okay, yes, okay. This is a triangle. Yes, Ray, this is a triangle. Any more? Asher, what's this? A triangle, yes, there we go. All right, uh, 101, you learn stuff in here. All right, here we go. And on the first base of what they said, they said, in the human condition, what we need at the very bottom, 
uh, what we need, to, we have to have this. It's, it's called physical needs. It's food, it's water, it's oxygen. It's a word called homeostasis. It's like, kind of like keeping your temperature, okay? I right, own the second one. We, oh, poop. Okay, the second one, we call this, we call this safety, all right? Safety. So this would be shelter. This would be clothing. This would be, put it in 2021 terms, um, a source of income, a job, a way to make money, all right? Safety, a way to survive. On the third line, it's this. It's called love and affection. So on this, you need family, you need friends, and, and you don't, you don't, a spouse would be in this too, right? A spouse would be in this too. And then, um, Fourthly, we have esteem. So this would be like self-esteem. This would be uh, like a job, uh, uh, respect. This would be confidence. This would be things in that nature. And the very last thing that he said, the very pinnacle of human existence is called self-actualization. And here's what we have in here. Morality. At the very top, how interesting is that? It's morality. So food, food, water, Clothing, job, way to make money, love and affection, friends, family, spouse. Then right here is like respect from others. We want to feel like we've accomplished something, a sense of self-esteem, self-worth, things like that. And the very top, self-actualization, is morality. And I think this is so interesting that he wrote this all those years ago. And then you look at what Jesus says in Matthew 25. And here's what he says. He says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, and when I was in jail, you came to visit me. Friendship. He just knocks them out right there. Many, 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 many times. Hear me. Many, many, many times. Our foundation of the gospel will best be founded by missions. It will best. It's not the only way. It is a foundation of the gospel, and obviously the cornerstone is Jesus, okay? But a good way for us to give the gospel to some people is through missions. Now, everybody, please tune in, all right? T please tune in. We should love people just for the sake of loving them. We should love people, you and I, only for the sake of loving them. Just, we should love people because we love them. I mean, this this, this um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's not saying, hear, hear this, that people who are hungry can't be moral. The point is, is that if you are hungry, normally people who are hungry have a higher risk of, of ditching their morality to fill a need, i.e. rob a store, something like that, to feel that they're... they're it's not saying people who don't have a family can't show other people respect. Not at all. What it's saying is it's harder for somebody who has nobody in return to show them respect for now them in turn to show somebody else respect, show others respect. It's not that it can't happen. It's just more difficult for it too. And hear this, and hear this. We will, as a church, do evangelism without missions. We will start door-to-door -door soon. We haven't started yet. My better half was sick. And she is my better half, but I didn't get sick. <laughs> I prayed a whole, whole lot. I was like, God, please don't let me get sick. You know, I, please. Uh, <laughs> okay. But many, many, many times, 
when we do missions, people are way more acceptable to listen to the gospel. That's why, that's why if you give somebody a, a, a if, you, if you feed somebody to hunt, if you feed somebody, they're way more willing to listen to you. If you become somebody's friend, give them friendship, they're way, you, you can way more easily share their gospel with them. We have to be missional. Why? Because God uses people. God uses stuff, though. He uses stuff. He really does. Here's what I want you to do. All right, just a few minutes. Here's what I want you to do. All right, really, really fast. Here's what I want you to do. All right, this, y'all are going to be a little group. Y'all will be a little group. And then the front part right here. And then Asher, y'all, and back, y'all be a little group back there. So about six or seven people in a group. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get together really quick. I want you to answer these, this question, all right? Answer this question. So get together, talk about it for two minutes. You got two minutes to talk about it. All right, here we go. I want you to get together, talk about it for two minutes. Here's, here's what we're going to talk about. Three reasons we aren't missional. All right, three reasons we aren't missional. Three reasons we aren't missional. Okay, get together, go now. Okay, go now. Get together, go now. Three reasons we aren't missional. You got two minutes to talk about it. Two minutes to talk about it. Three reasons we are not missional. Three reasons we are not missional. If you're watching on Facebook, leave us a comment. I'm going to read those. Three reasons we aren't missional. Oh, Miss Glenda said she's watching. Three reasons we aren't missional. Once again, if you're watching online, leave us a comment. I'm going to read those too. Online, eFam. Yeah, 18 watching this morning. That's awesome. That's awesome. A reason, three reasons we aren't missional. Got about another minute left. About another minute left. Y'all, you look, y'all on top of it. That's what I'm talking about. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right. Let's see. Um, um, y'all are first. Y'all give me a reason. Give me, give me a reason we aren't missional. One reason we aren't missional. Fear. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What would we say about here? A reason we aren't missional. Busy, all right, yeah, absolutely. Always go, 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 go. Have no time to take for ourselves. All right, give me a reason over here. Why aren't we missional? Our comfort zone. Absolutely, yeah, we are, we are, that, that kind of works a little bit with busy and fear. That's a perfect culmination of both of them because we're out of our comfort zone and fear. Also, we're busy. It's not, all right, give me one over here. Reason we're not missional. A lack of time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some pressure on you. Give me one more. One more. Rejection. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't want to get rejected. Anybody else got one more? Anybody else got one more they want to share? Lazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lazy. Um, um, complacency, said Miss Becky Fisher. Miss um, Tamara Boatner said funds. I think that's a really good idea. Funds. Um, um, complacency. One more, one more question I want you to ask. All right. So take about two minutes, same groups, answer this question, okay? What are three things that we can do this week? What are three things that we can do this week to be missional? What are three things we can do this week to be missional? Okay, go. You got two minutes. Two minutes. If you're online, leave us a comment. Three things that we can do this week to be missional. I love that answer, Miss Becky. That's exactly uh, what you talked about when you gave your testimony. So, perfect. Absolutely.
three things we can do this week, this week, to be missional. That's good. That's good. Miss Tamara. About a minute left. About a minute left. Yep. Yep. Good, Miss Crystal. Yep. Good, Miss Crystal. Yeah, absolutely, Miss Becky. Uh, let's see if we can get somebody. Let's see. Oh, we still got some people. For everybody watching online that don't know, Mr. Danny's just sitting right by the heater. He's like, ah, oh, I got to stay warm back here. <laughs> Mr. Danny, I'd say. All right, let's see. Let's see we go. Here we go. If you're cheating now, you're talking. If you're cheating, you're talking. You're, if you're talking, you're cheating. Don't cheat in church, okay? Uh, we'll start with this one this way. Three things we can do. Give me one. Pay it forward, okay? It's February 17th, pay it forward. Pay it, pay it forward day. Is that really like a pay it forward day, though? It really is, okay? All right. So February 17th, it's pay it forward day. Boom, pay it forward. I love that, all right? Let's see um, right here. One thing that we can do, pray. Absolutely. A lot of times we reject that. We're like, yeah, prayer, prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. It's not the only thing we should do either, is it? All right, let's see. What about back here? What we got, Asher? Share the gospel. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about, Asher. All right. Right here, what we got? A thing that we can do this week to be missional. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Really good. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, I will say online they said we can check on our elderly. I thought that was really good. And then let me read. Uh, Miss Becky said check on the unchurched during the bad weather. And then Miss Tamara said invite others to join our worship service. And then uh, Miss Crystal James said um, check on our elderly. All right, well, anybody else got another good one? Anybody else um, got one more? Anybody? Anybody want to say one more? Yeah, 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 very good, very true, absolutely, absolutely, phone call, text. And let me just say, um, somebody said, I think it was Miss Bodner, she said, invite somebody to church, and you can do that right now if you're watching online. Share this video, like this video, um, post it on your story, that way the gospel can go forward by you sharing this. All right, well, well let, me, let me close like this, I don't have much time, and, and so I'll just kind of skip to, to my last, what we got, I'll close here. Um, <clears throat> God gives each person a purpose. I don't have time to read it, but go, go back and read after the service. God gave this woman a, a passion. She gave this woman a passion. And God will place a passion in your life too. I'll give you this example. There's a woman that lived, she was from New York, and she, she was from Pennsylvania. She said she got 18, she wanted to move out the house and move to New York, and so she did. She didn't have very much money when she moved, and she moved into one of the lowest, um, lowest income places in one of those apartments. And as she moved in, as she moved into the apartment, she um, was there for about a week, and this man saw where she was going in, walked in the door, and so a little while later, she tries to get justice 
She tries to get justice, and the, the judge will not hear any of it. He's like, I don't care. I, 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 no. And so the man goes away free, and nine months later, she's pregnant and has this baby. And she goes to the hospital, and while she's in the hospital having this baby, she has the baby, and she has $114, and she walks in the hospital. And she has the baby. The doctor says, look, you have to leave. We cannot have you overnight. She begs. She says, please, please, please let me stay in this hospital. I don't have any electricity at my house. I'm going to freeze. It was brutally cold in New York that night. And he said, no, we have to have the room open. You have to leave. And so the doctor kicked her out, and she left the hospital with $14. She left the hospital with $14. Now she gets into her taxi. It's an $8 taxi ride to her apartment. She gets in her taxi, and the, the taxi driver says, you can't leave my taxi unless you tip me another $2. And so she does, and now she has $4 to her name. She goes up into her apartment in New York, very low income. It's called the Bronx is the area. And when she goes in there, she and her baby sleep on the hardwood floor. She doesn't have any furniture, doesn't have any electricity. She can't pay to get it on. And she tells, by the way, she tells the doctor, she says, look, if I get paid tomorrow. If I can just stay here overnight, I'll be fine. I can turn the electricity on tomorrow. She says, no, we're not going to have any of it. She leaves, and now she's sleeping on her hardwood floor, her and her little baby. And the weather was so cold that next morning, her baby woke up with a bad infection. So she says, I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to get some medicine for her. I've just gotten paid. I'm going to turn my lights on, and everything hopefully will be okay. So she goes to the store. She gets that medicine. She comes back, turns the lights on, and she's appalled by what she sees. One of the most grotesque scenes that have ever been. Her dog that had not eaten in a week because of lack of funds had now eaten this poor child. And now she's looking at this carcass of this baby on the ground. She says, what do I do now? And a judge, a different judge, but a judge heard about this, and he said, where's the justice? Where is the justice for this girl? First, the judge won't hear about this man, and now she gets all free. Where was the justice then? And then the doctors, why didn't the doctors let her stay? She told the doctors that this was going to happen. Where was the justice in that? And then the taxi driver, what happened? Why did this girl go through so much, so much sorrow, so much pain, and yet nothing was done about it? Where was somebody to listen in her ear? And all everybody after this judge came out, started to second this motion, second, third this motion, and all of New York was in an uproar. The newspapers were hearing about it. Where was the justice for this woman until the, I believe it was the mayor of this town, heard this, and he was asked a question, why didn't you care? Why didn't you do anything? And his answer stopped everybody in their tracks. It was one of the most profound answers I've ever heard, and this is what he said. He said, you expect me to listen to everything Bodies, pain, and sorrow in my district? He says, it's impossible. I can't even keep up with what's going on in my house. And here's the one line that stopped me. He said, if you want me to listen to everybody's pain and everybody's sorrow, you might as well tell me to listen to every blade of grass growing in our New York parks or every heartbeat of every squirrel running amongst our sidewalks. The noise would be deafening on the other side of silence. 
But God will give you a passion. Hear me. We cannot feed everybody on earth that's hungry. We cannot clothe everybody that's naked. We cannot go visit everybody in jail. You cannot be, do missions to everybody who is alive. No, but God will give you a passion. God will put somebody in your path. God will put somebody in your life, somebody in your co-worker, somebody in your job, somebody in your school. He will put somebody on your heart and He will light them up. And He say, you can help them. Go and be my disciple. Go do missions with them. And when God lays that on your heart, Go and do it. These are some amazing ideas that we read out earlier. Very amazing ideas for missions and outreach. Miss Amy, what a great idea. Everybody, great ideas. But when God lays somebody or something on your heart, go and do it. You can't do missions to the ends of the world, but you can do missions here. You can do missions when God lays somebody on your heart. And so when that does happen, here's what I say. Will you call, or here's what I ask. Will you rise up and will you answer the call missions or or will you neglect it will you reject it i advise you to do this i pray that you do this when god lays somebody on your heart be jesus's disciple be his hands and feet be his hands and feet josh you can come and i'll lead us in a prayer god thank you for everything that you've given us Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a disciple. Thank you for giving us the ability just to love you and be here in this place. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you're staying safe, staying warm. I'm glad you joined us for our third episode of Postscript. Last week's conversation with Mr. Steve, we weren't able to put that online just because of COVID and and um, us not being able to link together. But we did actually record the conversation and put it on our podcast. So if you want to hear that conversation, just go into the end of last week's sermon and listen to that podcast. That interview is on there. But this week we got Miss Catherine with us. And she's feeling a much better ever since, what, I guess two weeks ago when you kind of had the COVID-19. So feeling much better since then. And we're going to get started off today with some questions. And Catherine has them um, right here. So, All right. The first question, will you teach me how to duck call? <laughs> I wonder who wrote that one. I think I actually have a um, uh, duck call in here somewhere. Let me see if I can get it. Um, uh, okay, here. Yeah. Okay. I think this should work. Um, okay, so uh, teach you how to duck call. Man, this thing is disgusting. Oh my gosh, That's, I need to claim my duck calls from um, this duck season. Okay, so yeah, duck calling uh, is pretty easy. I reckon it's 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 a, you just say what I reckon into the call. So like what what what. So if you take um, air, you don't like puff your cheeks out. I don't reckon you just kind of just like swing your diaphragm more or less so like what 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 it's more like that what what that's more like the sounds kind of so you got a quack like just one and then you got uh consecutive quacks like and you got something they call the, uh, the feed call. So like if the ducks are feeding or eating something on the water or in the water, they'll do like a little chuckle sound. And to make that, you pretty much just go like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. Uh, it's kind of like just doing your turn like, 
like like the cuh sound, I guess too, like to the T sound and the cuh sound and combine them together. So it's like tuk 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 and then you kind of like it's it's really hard kind of to do. It's like so I guess to slow that down, it's like tuh and then cuh. So tuh cuh, and then you just do it really fast, get to where you can practice it, and go tuh 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 tuh. And then you just enter, swap them out. Then you can kind of. So yeah, that's all uh, basics, I guess 101. But whoever asked that question, if you like, come see me or something. Maybe, maybe I can help you a little bit more than um, just right then. And that reminds me, Cat, I need to clean all my duck calls. So. All right, question number two. What has been your biggest mistake slash regret being a pastor? Biggest mistake slash regret, regret, that's a harsh word, regret, um, being a pastor. Biggest mistake slash regret being a pastor. Oh, uh, okay, so I think I know, I think I know, it's, it's actually kind of easy. Okay, so I did not know this about like the Facebook, I guess, algorithm, if that makes any sense. And so like on Facebook, you remember that sermon that we did? It was actually, I think your favorite sermon that we've ever done at Blackjack. It was the one we had everybody, the crowd participation. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. You said you really liked that. I like yeah. that too. That was really fun, wasn't it? We kind of mixed a little bit of that into this last week, something, didn't we? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that one, about four or five Sundays ago, we had the crowd participate. So the whole sermon was just like hearing from the crowd. It was the very first sermon we did of the year. And my basic behind it was like, I want to hear from everybody and where they see us going in 2021. And so um, we gave everybody that opportunity to kind of speak. And, and what we did is we actually shot on Facebook. We shot on Facebook, but at the end of the service, instead of posting it to our Facebook page, we just we just did not post it. And it sounded good at that time because I just didn't want somebody to say something. And um, since everybody's going to be speaking, that they didn't want to get published, you know, on Facebook. So at the time, it made sense. But I didn't realize that there was a, a Facebook algorithm, if that makes any sense. And so um, ever since then, we was getting like 500 views every Sunday. And then and what happens is if you don't post something every single Sunday, like we were posting every Sunday, and so it got in that routine of that Facebook algorithm. And when we did post something that Sunday, it really hurt, I guess, that, like that. Like, I'm sorry, I'm getting a call from my dad. Okay, I'll call you back, dad. But we didn't post something every single Sunday. And so um, when we didn't post that Sunday, our, our views actually like dropped some 100, 200%. So we literally got like 150 views after that and like 175 views back to that. And so now we're like trying to work back up. So I'm glad I learned that lesson just to be sure like to um, keep the routine going. And so that was probably my biggest mistake. Is that weird? I know that's weird. So that's probably my biggest like learning curve. Like, hey, don't do something stupid like that. So just keep it rolling every Sunday. Uh, question three. You quoted 1 Corinthians 13 in church this morning. Uh, Sunday, I guess. If you had 10 scriptures to memorize, what would they be? 10 scriptures to memorize. Okay, so I'm gonna, uh, I kind of cheated and I saw this question earlier. So I uh, text Mr. Steve Earl, you know, uh, who came, and yeah, Mr. Steve Earl, the one that came and spoke two Sundays ago. Well, uh, I texted him, I was like, hey, he's the best memorizer of scripture that I know, and he can quote it like that. So I was like, if you had 10 scriptures to memorize or 15, however many I said, what would they be? And he texts me back, let's see if that's through calling me. He's still calling. He's probably gonna call you in a second, actually. He texts me back some, and so I, it, 
I'm just going to tell what he said. Because if it was me, I'd be like, well, I don't know. Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, and James chapter 1 be a good one, and 1 Corinthians 13 would probably be a good one. Ecclesiastes 1 and 2 would probably be pretty good. You're like, I can't quote, you know, like four chapters. I'm human. So I, I, I know. I'm just weird. I don't know. So I text Mr. Shiller, what's your best 10? So he said this. He said, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Matthew 6, 33, John 13, 34, 35, Philippians 4, 6, Colossians 4, 2, Isaiah 43, 25, Ephesians 2, verses 8, 9, and 10, Romans 5, 6, verse, Romans chapter 5, verses 6, 7, and 8, and he said, did that help? I said, obviously, yes. Very good. And so those, um, I would, uh, Mr. Steve suggests, and I, I second that. Um, I'll put those on the screen just for you. So if you want to, like, just take a screenshot and write that down. Maybe that'll help some, some verses of Scripture you can memorize. I think that's really cool that you're wanting to, you know, kind of get to memorize some Scripture. So that's really good. All right. All right. Question four. Just picked up a new Bible and journal from the vestibule. Thank you, by the way. Smiley face. If you were going to start reading, where would you begin? I guess reading the Bible. Huh. I don't know. Where would you begin? What would, what would you think? Isaiah. Isaiah? You would start? That just because I like that book. Yeah, okay. That's or Job. Good. Okay, Job. Job. <laughs> Job has a lot of lessons in it. Okay, Isaiah. I think applicable. Yeah, yeah. If I, I may would start um, somewhere like in the Gospels. Um, I don't know. That's always kind of a decent place to start, too. Um, so, like in your Bible, you have obviously the Old Testament, and then you also have the New Testament, and so I would probably start maybe in the New. She mentioned a couple Old, so that's really good too. Um, there's always something fresh about, you know, kind of like the New Testament as well. So you have four Gospels that start the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're actually the same story. They're about a dude named Jesus, and so all four of those books are pretty much really very similar in their stories. They just tell the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of this man who we believe is Savior and Lord of Jesus. And so maybe if I was reading, I would just kind of maybe skip the first three, not because they're any less important, just because so you could go chronological. I may start at John and um, read the story about Jesus and then read the book of Acts, which is right after John, and that's just the story about um, after Jesus died and resurrected and then went up to heaven um, about how his how his disciples lived, and the book is called Acts, and it literally is the Acts uh, of the apostles, uh, of the disciples, Jesus' friends. And so, yeah, I'll probably start John and then go to Acts and then kind of read, um, but yeah, Isaiah and Job are really good too, some of my favorite books, I know your favorite book, so... Uh, question five. How do I hear from God? I feel like I pray, but God never responds. Is it an audible voice, a feeling, or a thought? That's a really good question. Yeah, uh, really good question. I think the best way I'm going to answer that question, can I cheat? I don't know, can I cheat this evening? Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's Tuesday evening, by the way, when we're doing this. I'm going to cheat this evening and say, uh, I'll answer that Sunday. So, like, the, the sermon, actually, Sunday, is kind of going to be a little bit on that question. So, uh, let's just, I'll, I'll postpone that and come to church this Sunday, and maybe you'll figure um, that I'll, I'll, I'll speak on that, actually, a little bit this Sunday. So, how do you hear from God? Great question. Um, uh, 
But yeah, we'll speak to it Sunday. So you're wrapping it up. Is that it? That's, That's all. That's it. That's all okay. the questions. Good deal. Well, thank y'all for tuning in with us for postscript this 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 evening and whenever this gets posted. But until next time, and we will see you soon.